And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. It is a great joy to welcome to our show, Vinnie Todd Tolman. He is author of an amazing book, The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back. Learn more about him by going to his website at livinggodslight.com. Vinnie had a profound new-death experience. Vinny, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Ryan. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. So can you please recap um, this synopsis? What exactly had happened to you? I thought it was really amazing that you're, you're, you're in a body bag. Yeah, and I was, <laughs> it's amazing. yeah I, was, I was essentially revived out of a body bag. I had aspirated and was, was found and pronounced dead. They, uh, about 45 minutes after I was pronounced dead, a rookie medic, he broke protocol um, because of a prompting or a feeling that he had. And he went ahead and resuscitated the body. He was able to um, get the heart to start back up. And when he was able to do that, he was, you know, they were just a few hundred feet away from a hospital. They were able to turn the body into a uh, a medical team, a trauma team that was ready to to really bring all the systems back on board, and wow. and so that's how it happened for me. I remember apparently you see the light within him, kind of questioning that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when I was I was watching all this happen, I didn't know it was me yet, but I was watching all of it happen from above. And as I was watching it happen, I actually saw a glow start to form around the rookie medic. And and he actually got the message twice. Mm. So the first time it was just a light glow around his heart area. And then a very loud message was delivered that this one's not dead. Um, then a second time, the light got even brighter. And then even even louder, I heard this one's not dead. And on that second delivery, he he did do something about it. He he that was when he broke protocol, opened up this body bag. And started to resuscitate a dead body. That's amazing. And that message, that intuitive feeling, do you remember where that originated from? Was that his higher self? Was that his guardian angel? Was that God? Or to was me, that you? Yeah. To me, I would explain it as God, for sure. Because it was such a strong, forceful voice. It's not something that, that ever could have come from me. Um, or any version of me that I've ever known. So to me, it was such a strong force. It had to be God or someone working in the power of God. That's what I believe for sure. Okay. So get to this point. I mean, so do you realize that you're, you're, you're clinically dead at this point? I still don't because I'm witnessing <laughs> it all. I'm with, I'm witnessing it all third party. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think that that's my body down there that I'm watching. I just think, well, wow, that's weird that that guy looks like me, but it couldn't be me because, you know, mm-hmm. me is up here watching everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw them transferring the body over to the hospital gurney. 
from the EMT gurney uh, or the emergency medical transport gurney. So as they're doing that transport or, or sorry, transfer from gurney to gurney, the, the body went into all sorts of like seizures and, and started um, just flailing all over. So as this is happening, they started to strap the body down. And I felt someone strap me down where I was. And, and I felt like I was witnessing this as a viewer, but not a participant. But at this moment, when I felt them strapping the body down, I looked down to see what was going on with my left arm. And I was looking at the left arm of the body. And that's when I had this crazy freaky moment where I realized that everything I'd been witnessing for well over an hour now was my own death and now revival. Wow. Uh, and, and so I still wasn't conscious because my, my body was brain dead. It was still brain dead for three more days. Um, because I, you know, that much time without oxygen, the brain doesn't want to come right back. At least mine didn't. And, and some might argue it still hasn't come all the way back, but I'd argue that maybe it has. <laughs> yeah. Come back a little bit. What actually got you in that position? So I, I ended up taking a supplement that was toxic and that supplement, it was too strong. It was way too strong. Like a workout supplement or something? Yeah, it was a workout supplement and we were buying it in the United States, no problem. Uh, so we went to Thailand to order one because it was sold out everywhere in the States. Mm-hmm. And the one from Thailand was 20 times stronger than the American stuff. So Man. to take, it was, and it was a liquid supplement. So to take one little bottle cap of this juice that's what your normal dosage was. The Thailand stuff, it was like taking 20 bottle caps. So Jeez. it was not just stronger, but way stronger. Wow. So we, we should have been taking maybe one drop instead of a whole bottle cap. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, very, very strong supplement. And, and it, it became toxic to both of us right away. Mm-hmm. And it was me and my best friend. We both had this happen together. Uh, we went into a... A place to eat, thinking that if we got something to eat, we'd feel better. They he went in and collapsed on a booth and started vomiting. They they called nine one one, got emergency services there, and they took him right away to a hospital. He ended up being totally fine. With me though, I went in the bathroom and locked the door. Nobody saw me go in there. Oh, wow. So for for forty five minutes after he left, after he was towed away, uh, they found me in the bathroom dead. Wow. And for for another 45 minutes, um, so at least an hour and a half dead, if not longer, um, I was I was being bagged, processed, and put in the back of the ambulance. I, I can't imagine what that must have must have felt like. And now to me it was to me it was like watching a movie. I didn't I didn't have any emotions attached to it. I was worried when I watched them take my friend away. But as soon as I saw the the EMT medics arrive, I could feel that he was going to be okay. Like I mm-hmm. knew he was going to be okay. And so as soon as they got there, I was okay. You know, I, I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed. And with this other guy, I didn't know who he was. I knew he looked like me, but I knew it was not possible it was me because me was up here watching everything, you know? So when you look and you observe your body and you realize yes. that, okay, you are consciousness outside the body. Do you ever and, get this? And, and, and the thing is that I recognized is that I was not that body. Like me was up here. So whatever me is, whatever our consciousness is, 
it supersedes the body. It's, it's, it goes far, far longer in life and, and energy and spectrum and scope than the body can allow it to do. Yeah. In that spirit form, in the non-physical form, did you uh, start to realize other aspects of your true being personality that extended far beyond the body? Did you realize at this point, wow, I'm way more um, knowledgeable. My personality Mm -hmm. is very versatile, far ranging than the body. Well, the first thing I noticed as soon as I was there is that I could hear anyone's thoughts, like anyone's thoughts. And, and so anybody in the restaurant, even the thoughts of my friend, as he was sitting there trying to be conscious and vomiting and stuff, I could hear his thoughts. I could hear thoughts of everyone in the, in the place, including the rookie medic and the other two medics. So um, I was, it was, that was the first thing that I noticed I had access to mm-hmm. is I somehow was now accessing all thoughts and in, in the vicinity of what was going on around the body. I had access to all the thoughts. Additional to that, I did learn in my transition process of dying and going to heaven I learned that we all have um, an unlimited scope for learning, all of us. And we might think that, you know, after 20 or 30 years of life, we're kind of done learning. That's not Mm -hmm. the case. Eternally, we have the scope for learning. We do as a soul. And that soul's ability to learn uh, continues long after our death. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty awesome. In just a, Another thing, when you look at being outside the body, mm-hmm. did you ever sense that the body was consciousness onto itself, but you were partnering with this particular body that could have had its own consciousness that was there for its own particular evolution partnering with you? Or was that more or less for you a car or a vehicle to kind of navigate you through this particular lifetime to accumulate experiences? It's weird, but I felt like there was a sort of consciousness to the body. I wouldn't call it a consciousness. I'll call it an intelligence because I, I distinctly remember an, an intelligence there that was like in just the body and that I was not that intelligence. I got to share that intelligence as I was in it, but it wasn't my intelligence. It was like an, almost like a DNA intelligence and that, that if I, you know, had children, then that in that intelligence would be passed forward into the DNA of my children, essentially. So, yeah, I, I did know that there was there was a little something more than just an empty shell, okay? Because I could see it functioning without me in it. So, for it to be functioning without me in it, I would I would fully believe there has to be something there, even if it's an autopilot there's something there as far as an intelligence in just the body. Yeah. And let's move along where you realize that you're dead. Mm -hmm. And you get to this point where you have something where I've heard this a number of different times that people have had near death experiences. And that is called the afterlife review, where apparently you re-experience every thought, word, and action you did. And you not only experienced that, but you experienced what other people felt. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you something, Vinny. This is something that I am absolutely dreading. I don't know if I'd be able to handle this thing. I think <laughs> I'm going to be a ghost for a while, yeah. wandering the earth. I don't want to do this because I. there have been periods of time where I think I've, I've been a pretty good dude. 
Yeah. But there are other periods of time where I've experienced trauma or I've harmed people. I try to apologize to people and make things right, but I don't want to experience that. I can't know if I can handle the, the amount yeah. of pain that it caused people. What was that like for you? And uh Well, you know, there's there's a lot more that would than what we could know. There is um when we're doing good things in life, we're mm-hmm. we're making a certain impact and we're allowed to see that. Um, but there was times I was doing good and I had no idea I was doing good. Like, especially when I was a young child, Mm. I was going and helping my mom and loving my mom and caring for her in, in a way that, that I didn't know was going to help her, but I got to see how much it helped her. And it just so happened that I was coming in and, and being kind of a lifeline for her at a moment where she really needed a lifeline energetically. So, you know, even when I didn't think I was doing anything that I was doing some good there, but at the same right. Yeah. There were some scary moments. It, as I saw my life review, I did first see all the bad that I ever did. Everything bad, including the stuff I knew was bad or stuff I didn't know that was bad that I was doing. And this is not a judgment on, on my behavior. It was just an energetic thing that essentially anything that was detracting energy and taking away energy that was negative and anything that was building, loving, creating energy was a good thing. And um, I, I got to see the flip side of all of it. And I got to feel and know that I had done a lot more good than I had done bad. Most of us that have been averagely good people would see that in our lives, that we've done a lot more good than bad. But there's a few of us that, yeah, I would be scared to see or have a life review too. But understand this that it only takes a moment. Okay. It, it was only a couple of moments. It, the, for the brain or the consciousness to process what this is, it does kind of drag it out so you understand what it is, but it happens so quick, like so mm-hmm. fast. And then as soon as it's over, you're, you're allowed to move forward into the next step. And that's what happened for me. I was allowed to start feeling this tremendous love And the love just started coming over me. And I turned around to see that this love and this energy was coming from behind me and saw this man standing there. And that's when I met my guide. I met Drake. Yeah, right then and there. I want to come back to Drake in one second. I remember hearing about him and that was very interesting. But coming back to a life review, experiencing the intensity of uh, some of the choices that are negative. My understanding is you also had a very hard upbringing too. And I'm wondering, like, why would you have to re-experience um, those negative things that were not your fault that, that were out of your head, why would you have to re-experience that? And why would you also have to, do you get any kind of mercy bestowed upon you if, for example, you're acting in a way because you're under a certain amount of duress, you're not intentionally trying to harm people? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And 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 there's there's just, the whole system is so full of grace. It really is that if you have even the smallest desire for good, or light, or love in you, even the smallest baby version of that inside you, you're going to be fine. You are. Um, of course, you don't want to embrace negative behavior, bad behavior, toxic behavior, if you if you don't have to, but I don't think anyone has to. I think that we can embrace as much as we can the light, the love, the caring of others. Now, I didn't have to go and re-experience the abuse that I went through, I only got to see any abuses I put on others. Okay. I only I only was seeing those things. I did see, like I didn't get to see all the harm that was done to me. What I did see 
is all the harm I put on others. And that, but here's the weird thing. I got to see it from their perspective as well. So when I was doing harm to someone, whether, whether consciously or, or unconsciously, you know, inadvertently, I got to see what, how it was affecting them, how they felt they perceived my actions. Um, at the same time, when I got to see the good things I did, I got to see it from the perspective of those that I helped. So I got to see the good and the bad of anything that I did in my life mm-hmm. from, from the perspective of me doing it, as well as from their eyes from their emotions, from their personas. And so I got to really capture all the good and the bad. I call it, I got to see the, the deposits and withdrawals of mm. energy. And, and I would call something bad I did a withdrawal and deposits would be something good I did, right? So I got to see all the deposits and withdrawals from both sides, from, wow. from the side of sending and receiving. Yeah. Now, when you think about the negative things afterwards, are you, are you sitting down there writing notes in the afterlife saying, well, you know, after no, this, I'm going to start it happened, making... Yeah, I mean, it happened did, did way you start too making, fast. Um, did you start after this? Did you remember some people who you negatively affected? You probably didn't realize you start to make amends with some of those people? Well, or it's weird. It took a few, a few years, but uh, in meditation, mm-hmm. I was going back and reprocessing that moment of life review for myself. And as I did that, I started to see... Um, some opportunities, some opportunities where I could step in, um, even still years later, and try to recompense and re- try to um, restore any type of draw that I had taken out of that energy of that relationship. Yeah. Okay. And so I did. I did. I did it to the best of my ability at the time. I could have done better if I'd been more mature, but I wasn't. I was in my 20s. So I, I did the best I could. And for a guy in his mid 20s. Well, I imagine that it must have been challenging, emotionally uh, challenging to do that. I mean, I, you know, I try doing this with as many people as possible. If Even if somebody who I've impacted or negatively affected when I was a kid, I try to apologize to them because I, I want to clear out that negative energy. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, at the end of this judgment, do you ever find a situation or maybe we're made aware of a situation where a soul will say, okay, listen, I've done this judgment. I'm going to go to let's say you rehab for a little while, I'm going to go to hell for a little while or hellish place mm-hmm. to, to kind of make penance. Or is this just like part of the whole experience? Because there are some people out there in this world, they, they're flat out evil. And I'm going to name one. Yep. I think Bill Gates is probably the one, one of the most evil people I've ever seen on the face of this earth. I've never seen a person so committed to the destruction of humanity, one person. And there are other people yeah. out there who really want to, and I can't imagine what their soul life review is going to be like. But at this yeah. point, do they, do they, cast judgment upon themselves did they realize what they've done is completely wrong or what happens to the soul after that if they've lived well, an extreme I, negative or good life i you know someone like him i you know there's people in this earth who would say he's a he's like a saint and all he does mm-hmm. is good things i think that the truth will is is unavoidable that when you're when you're on the other side you can't lie you mm-hmm. can't deceive you can't so if you are a good person you'll know you're a good person if you're a bad person there's not going to be a way to hide it. Like you can't hire a PR campaign in heaven. It's just not possible, right? So you're you're going to have to face the music of who you really are. And I don't care what kind of agreements you've made in this life. There is nothing you can do to prevent yourself from having the life review. It will happen for good or for bad. The quicker you get it over, the better. And that's why it happens usually right away. Now, here's the good side. If there's any kind of hell there, it's not from God, it's from us. It's only from us. And it's and it's us trying to avoid paying the price of the truth. So when we don't want to face the truth, 
we create kind of a psychological hell and we'll put ourselves in that. Uh-huh. Uh, but the but the second that that gets out of hand and we feel like we're losing it, we will reach out for divinity, whatever we call divinity in our consciousness. Even if we're atheist, we'll still reach out for divinity. And when we do, that's when the forces of God step in and they stop whatever hell we're putting ourselves in. And they, they literally put a stop to it. And they they bring the help, they bring the light, they bring the love, they bring the angels. Um, and the fact is that those angels were already there, but they had to wait for us to ask for help for them to step in to to take care of things for us. Yeah. Wow. And those angels, and I imagine the angels and demons, demons are they both able to, can people reach out to both of them and, and the human form? Can you communicate? In, because yeah, in, that, in that form, yes, you can reach out to both, but typically... If you've experienced life on earth, you're only going to be reaching towards the angel energy, but it's not a guarantee. Um, I have seen people that as soon as they cross over, the first thing they want to do is consort and work with demons. And, and, and it's because of what they were doing before they died. It's like they were already working with that energy for decades before they died. So they wanted to continue to work for that. But what ended up happening is there was a higher part of their soul that they were trying to hide away from. And they were, it, it, it's almost like in the yin and the yang, on the dark side of the yin and the yang, there's still always going to be the light. But also on the light side, there's also always going to be a little aspect of the dark. Um, so no matter how evil someone gets, there's going to be a, a higher soul there that you could connect to. And at the same right, the most righteous person there is, uh, there's going to be a slight darkness there too. Um, in humanity, now in deity, in God, that's not the case. But in humanity, you're you're going to have the power of the yin and the yang. So, um, you know, when I've when I've worked with people and seen them diving towards that dark energy, I am always uh, pursuant to only go towards the light, because in the light you connect to eternal truth, not not misinterpreted truth. And when you're dealing with demon or dark energy at all, they will also give you the truth, but they'll give you a version of it that you misinterpret it and you misfollow it. So to me, it's very important not to dive into that energy at all. I only dive to the light for myself, for my own meditations, for the work that I do every day, because that's where the the eternal truths are. That's where the truths are that can only lift people up, help people, and, and help them connect to their own form of deity or divinity yeah thank you for that answer i want to come back because you had a guide with you the whole time his name is drake yeah you had this uh was, was this spirit god was he always with you your whole life um i didn't realize he was uh but after after i've had my experience i have um i've began to have this relationship where he is always there everywhere i go he's with me um, anything that I need, I can reach out to him. He can help That's me with awesome. it. And so he is kind of like my escort to life now where, or guide to life everywhere I go. Yeah. And how do you connect? How do people connect with their own drinks? Cause I, I, I always, I'm saying this for a long time. I sound like a broken record. This is probably the first time you're hearing it, but I'm always trying to reach out to my, to spare guides. I always want to have a, the connection. I, I don't know if we're there. I feel a little bit guided, but the same time, I would love to have like a one-on-one connection because of the work. Well, the, yeah. the hardest part is believing that they're there. They are there. Yeah. Everyone has guides. All of us do. Um, some of them are angels. Some of them are ancestors. Some of them 
are um, ascended masters or or ascended beings who are uh, divinely connected to our creator mm. and um what's beautiful about all of them is they're there to help us they are uh and and if we want to we can learn how to connect to them amplify that connection and and begin like a daily communication with spirit with intuition um but the most important step is first belief okay. so allowing yourself to believe that they exist here's the funny thing whether you believe it or not doesn't change anything they exist okay. and there's there's no uh refuting that at all there's just no possible refuting it they exist so you can either choose to believe it or not it's your choice and if you do choose to believe it it gives you more access to them and better access to them yeah okay thank you appreciate that answer Vinny. and i look at the brain sometimes as a radio and i mm-hmm. try to get on the right reception so one thing that i've done over the years is i've tried to experiment listening to delta and theta metronomes try to slow my brain down i've also done these chakra healings I've listened to the music and try to get my mind still. I've also gone for walks. I'm really, really trying to reach out to it. Is there a certain frequency or sound that will maximize your chances of making a connection with one of your spirit guides? Well, um, we have unlimited amounts of frequencies in us, in the physical body. Our energy, the energy of what our soul is, our spirit is, that is another frequency. And because we are a spiritual being, an eternal spiritual being living in this physical body, uh, we can use the the spectrum of frequency to communicate and connect to our spirit and our body all along the way. I, I am a firm believer in, in the Solfregio scale that allows you to get access to the different frequencies. And, um, and, and science has actually proven to us that the heart has a specific frequency the eyeballs have a specific frequency. Even the lips of the, the, the mouth that has its own frequency. The ears have their own frequency. And if you uh, study a little bit of some of our geniuses of the past, like Nikolai Tesla, one of the mm-hmm. greatest geniuses ever, um, he understood that everything boils down to frequency, energy, and intention. And so we can, we can truly change the world and revolutionize the world if we understand that we are the creators of our own reality, we get to create what we want with our life. And if we feel like life is kicking our butt, it's because we're, we're not allowing our intention to have any power. But our intention has so much power, as well as um, uh, our, our heart and our desire. Yeah. Uh, do you think that could be a reason why the world is maybe in a precarious position right now? Because you have people that maybe have evil intentions that are pretty much putting a lot of energy out there and their desire for chaos and for like a a death type scenario supersedes Mm -hmm. those who are longing for love and peace. Well, it's weird, but we, we think that we're, you know, in the Western world, Mm -hmm. we think we're born into a free society. Um, But just because we were born into a mouse cage with mouse tunnels that go all these different directions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we were born with freedom. We were, we were right. born with a freedom, but not true freedom. True freedom would be to exist outside the cage. And um, it's really, really hard to step outside the cage of society 
and exist. It, it, it's almost getting near impossible now with technology, with credit, with um, our, our, our social systems, mm-hmm. with uh, the technology of our phones and such. It's getting harder and harder for someone to have the ability to step outside that cage and exist in any form. Um, but here's the thing. We are not the society that we're raised in. We are something far greater, far bigger, and far more important. We are a divine masterwork of energy. And, and that's what God feels we are, is a divine masterwork. And, and we are almost downgrading ourselves to allow ourselves to be born into this society that says, you are your job. You are your income. Your value is attached to what the amount of dollars you can earn in a year. That is not your value. I mean, if we could even know the true value of a single soul, there is not enough gold, silver, money, or technology, or stocks, or real estate in the entire universe Mm. to pay for one soul. Wow. For one soul. So we are born into a system believing that we are downgraded. And we, and our job, I feel, is to step outside that, at least with our mind and our consciousness, and to understand how far more important we are than our jobs, our incomes, our cars, and our houses. Um, it's more important how you treat your, your family than it is how, how much money you earn. Okay. And that's what it boils down to, is, is it's, it's so important how we treat each other and how we treat nature how we treat the animals around us, that is far more important than, than um, trillions of dollars in the bank account. Does awesome. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and it's wonderful. And I want to touch before, one of my upcoming questions is going to be about what heaven's like. But one thing I remember discussing is that apparently we come to earth, spirits incarnate into human bodies come to earth because apparently this is a place for uh, growth. And yeah. uh, there are a couple of things I want to ask about that. One is I want to find the way out of here. I'm looking for that hidden door to get out to get out of the earth plane. I think it's just too intense a lot. It's just too mm-hmm. dark. And I know we're supposed to hear that. But I, mean, I don't understand why you have to be on a place to experience extreme evil in order to yeah. appreciate good. Because let's say one thing. I don't, I have, I appreciate and I don't take for granted not being in pain. I don't need to have the existence of extreme pain in a reality to know that I don't want to do that. I, I can be yeah. in a place and not and not have to have the evil in order to appreciate this. So I don't understand why, mm-hmm. what are the mechanisms and the true dynamics of this uh, plane of existence? Well, the, the hard part is, is for us to have the power of making decisions, we need to have the ability to make good decisions and bad decisions. And if you take away the option of bad decisions and there's only good decisions, there's no growth. There's no growth. If all we're going to have is good decisions or good options, then we might as well be in heaven because that's what heaven is. Heaven is full of so much love. It is all permeating there. And when we're there, anything that we want is positive, is, is uh, not selfish. It is loving of, of unity loving of the collective, loving of the grouping of our souls. But when we step away from that love, that's where we can start figuring out who we really are. But until we step away from that love, we don't know who we are. 
because we're so powered by the love that God has for us, we have that same reciprocated love for God, our creator. And so being there in the heaven space, our decisions are made for us out of the love that we have for our creator. So we have to actually step away, just like a kid when they're raised in a, a really um, financially secure household. If you're raised in a financially secure household, you're not going to learn how to make money or learn to, to, to make a living until you move away. It's the same thing with heaven. We were in such a love-secured environment that we weren't learning anything. We were, we were just reciprocating the love that God had for us, and God wanted us to be able to grow. So God knew, just like a good parent here on mm-hmm. earth, one of the hardest things, but one of the best things, is to have your child move away and go to university or go to college. Because there, they're going to learn to make decisions. Are they going to only have good decisions to make? Nope. They're going to have good decisions and bad decisions. And therein lies the problem. For you to grow, you need the ability to make the choice of good and bad. Does that mean there's going to be, um, because there is bad options, is someone going to keep making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision? Yes. And that is what we call evil. Is mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake and never changing and learning from it, that is evil. And that's what creates evil, is continually um, allowing your pain to fuel more pain. And and the, the beautiful aspect is, though, if you're able to step away from the system and and, again, put your back against that love that you came from and realize that that is what makes this whole thing run, is the love that created this universe is right there for us, Put your back towards it and recognize it's there, that there's no amount of evil that you can see or perceive in this universe that can't be wiped away like that. There's no amount of evil that can't be wiped away with the amount of love that our creator has for us. Oh, this so we, is good. We, have, we have to remember that when we're seeing these evil things happen, when we're seeing wars and, and terrorism and all the horrible things, just understand this. You are seeing his story or history you are not seeing truth what you see on the news what you see in the world is is someone's version of what's going on you're not seeing the truth the truth is you will see the truth one day as you step out of this reality you will see truth you will you will understand that his story and her story are not the actual story the real story is the truth and one day you'll step back and realize that everything you thought you knew mm-hmm. about the past, both good and bad, everything you thought you knew was a lie. Everything. Uh, not be surprised about it at all. And actually, one thing yes. I want to uh, touch upon is trying to discover what is the actual earth plane about. So my understanding is that, okay, so this is a school. This is a place of learning. And we are told that we are on a planet, we are in a solar system, and we're just one of many planets in here, one of one universe out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm going to tell this, Vinny, is that I've played some video games before, and in these video games, okay, you have a playing field where you can go experience certain things, and you've got things that are outside, mm-hmm. out of bounds. So the thing I want to ask you is, is Earth... Is the plane of existence on Earth exactly what we're being told it is? Is it are we actually on a planet? Are we actually are we on a plane of existence? Is all the things outside the Earth, the Moon, the Sun, are they there uh, more or less as um, 
window dressing or a way of like mm-hmm. your graphics within this particular plane of existence, or does that really exist? Well, uh, so earth is a school. It's also a prison, um, but it's a, it has to be a prison because if it's not a prison, you won't be able to stay there and learn the lessons you need to learn. But here's the crazy thing. We weren't sent here. We weren't cast here. We chose to come here. Wow. We were we were self-elected to come here. Earth school is one of the hardest schools in all the universe. There is other schools, and there's countless numbers of other schools. We could be at, at any number of other schools doing this learning, but we chose to go to the hardest. Um, I, I like to equate Earth school like learning Finnish. One of the hardest languages in the universe to learn is Finnish. Um, it or Navajo. Those are the two hardest languages there is in in all the known languages. Finnish and and Navajo are two of the hardest. Now, why why is it we would learn that? Is because it, we're gonna it's gonna help make us um, better in our own right, or it's going to shape us. It's going to um, help make us who we want to be, and that's what Earth School is. Is it's a hard school. We mm-hmm. choose to come here. It helps shape who we are. And it helps either empower us or disempower us. But it at least lets us know who we really are. Because when we're near God, we don't know who we really are. We are so synchronized with the love that God has for us. We love God so much. We don't know who we are. So we have to step away to figure out who we are. And and here's the part that religions get wrong, though. God and us, we didn't come into this equation or this agreement to come to earth school so that we could be thrown away. Never, never, ever, ever was there an option to throw away a bunch of us. God is not sending us to the hardest school in the universe only to throw away 99% of us. That's what religions will teach you. They got that wrong, completely wrong. God loves every single one of us so much that he has a divine, distinct plan for you. If you are succeeding, you are on your distinct plan. If you are failing, you are on your distinct plan. You can, uh, you know, fail your way up. You can successfully grow your way up as long as you're continually learning. Now, the exception to that rule is evil. People that are really Man. following the path of evil. It's of a lot. Ma- of knowingly making mistakes, knowing what the harm they're doing. But mm-hmm. here's the other aspect to that. Some of those people went into their life contract knowing that they were going to do a life of evil because they had done so much good before they got here in this life. Really? And so that that's their contract. Because wow. here's the thing. When you watch a movie, you have to have the cast of heroes and villains. Think about that. Yep. It's, it's just as important to have your villains as your heroes for the learning process, for the growing process. And think about this. When you think about how God created this earth school at the, at the bottom of earth school is, is Satan at the bottom uh, or, or the devil or darkness. So or is, fear. is Satan a real, is Satan a real being to me? Yes. I yeah. feel that Satan is a very real being. I, I, I think that we get the name wrong. The name is completely wrong. If you were to put a name to what Satan is, I think it would be something like fear or loathing or hatred or, or lust or, or any number of these negative energies. That's what the Satan energy is. But here's the thing. If God created Jacob's ladder, that means God created the top of the ladder, which is love. And God created the bottom of the ladder, which is fear. 
and anger and loathing and selfishness, right? So if God created the whole thing, all of it's important, including the dark side of it. It's just as important. And I'm not over there saying that anyone should try to dive towards the dark. I don't, I don't believe that's a good decision. I think the best we can do is to learn from the dark and allow ourselves to receive light because from, from what we've learned from the dark, even in our own lives. Sometimes my biggest mistakes have led to my greatest successes because it helped me grow up. It helped me become the man that I needed to become. Yeah. Thank you for your answer. It seems to be an abundance of, of darkness. These people on earth right now want to really push the world and lock down. And one thing I remember taking away is that you saw a vision of earth where the future is, is pretty bright. There, mm-hmm. I, There's like two different forces because on our show, we've, we've talked about this and there are people that really want to push for this global social credit rating system. They want to lock everyone down. They want to modify your DNA. They want to get you shipped. I mean, it's it, at this point, it's no longer a conspiracy. It's, it's out in the open. These things are being patented. And you have another group of people uh, called the exact opposite. They just want to be left alone. They don't want this stuff. They want to be left alone, live about their mm-hmm. lives. So from your perspective, when you saw a vision of Earth in the future, what did you? What, what were some of the visualizations that you saw? So I, I saw in the future, there's two Earths. There's one Earth, but there's two versions going, but existing simultaneously. Okay. In one version of Earth, there is all these cities and communities of light. And they work together. They network to each other. They are not using money. They are not using um, currency. They are using energy. They're using the exchange of energy for everything. And um, these cities and communities are light are so beautiful. And they're so aspirational for us and inspirational for us because you don't have wars. You don't have battles. You don't even have like a correction system there wow. because, because for you to even get to that level of, of existence you have to abandon the selfishness. You have to abandon um, the the desire to um, corrupt or to steal or to thieve, right? So for you to even get to these communities, you have to change yourself and change your being. Now, at the simultaneous same place as these communities of light, intermingled outside of those communities of light, there is cities and I would call those like modern American cities that that used to be America or or the rest mm-hmm. of the world, the Western world. In those cities, it is turned into communities of survival. In these survival communities, there's people that are like preppers. There's there's people that are almost like cowboys, where they'll they'll do gunfights and fist fights and knife fights um, for survival. They're surviving off of very limited resources as far as money, as far as goods and and resources. In that system, there is a social credit dynamic. And so um, the hard part is, is is how do we get away from that into the communities of light? And I'll tell you how, not through government, not through religion, but through God. Through God, through the, through, through your personal connection to the creator. That's how you do it. And you can't do it out of fear. You can do it out of love. You can do it out of caring and you can do it out of inspiration. And so we need to, you know, no matter what's going on with the world, 
we need to make sure that we don't allow the world to put us in a place of fear. Because if we are in a place of fear, we are existing in a cage. And in a cage, we can't be led by our creator towards any, any amount of light. We can only be led into more darkness. So don't let fear motivate you to make decisions. Okay. Thank you. And we just have one final question because it is, I want to end things on a very beautiful note. You saw heaven. What is heaven like? Is it, is it like where you actually have blockbusters there? Because I know that we miss them here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what you know are some of the cool things that, that they have? Yeah. So in, I've seen in, in someone else's version of heaven, there was something like a blockbuster, cool. but it wasn't, a, it wasn't about having a blockbuster. It was about the nostalgia and the fun and the togetherness that someone felt back when blockbusters were existing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but here's what heaven is. Heaven is here. Heaven is also a different higher place that we can subscribe to, that we can subscribe through higher living, through higher learning, through higher understanding we can allow ourselves to um, elevate our consciousness into a heaven state. How, how many people have, you know, been here on earth and they go on a special vacation or they, they have a special family reunion and they say something like, wow, this is like heaven. Mm-hmm. That's real. We can create our own heavens and we can create them here with, with our appreciation of life and nature and all the things that we we get to have access to here. Yeah. Mr. Vinny Tolman, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your wisdom. It was very uplifting. I loved hearing your answers. There was just a, a nice energy and frequency about it. I think people are going to walk away from this thing kind of uh, feeling a lot better. You can learn more about Vinny by going to two different things. Go to his website, livinggodslight.com. And also he's got an amazing book called The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back. Benny, thank you so much. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.